Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's going on, everybody? Thank you so much for wrapping up your week with us. This is your Friday edition of Fantasy MLB Today. This is a sports ethos presentation, of course, and I'm your host, Joe Orico. You can find me over on Twitter, at JoeOrico99, and also at EthosFantasyBB. That's where you find all of our new baseball, fantasy baseball content, podcasts, articles, news and notes, polls, any updates to the site. That is, of course, SportsEthos.com. Uh, you guys can find that over on Twitter at Ethos Fantasy BB. And of course, do check out the website if you're not somebody who uses social media. Or even if you do uh, use social media, you guys will get all those great articles and podcast links. Everything we got going on right at the source. So please make sure you guys are checking us out over there. We're going to talk about a couple transactions today. It's going to be a fairly short show. I mentioned yesterday, I wasn't sure which direction we're going to head exactly. We're just going to wrap up the week and talk about a couple of transactions that we have missed because we've been doing our first base reviews. Uh, We haven't talked so much about things that have gone on during the week, but we're going to talk about it a little bit here today, and we'll talk about it first off with Eugenio Suarez being traded from Seattle to Arizona. Now, I don't think uh, it's much that we have to talk about going back to Seattle here, at least from a fantasy point of view. Reliever Carlos Vargas, nothing much to write home about there. And catcher Sebi Zavala, who will just function as a backup uh, catcher to Cal Raleigh. Nothing really there to write home about. But Eugenio Suarez is somebody that has been pretty damn interesting for fantasy over the last, well, eight, nine years, really. And the last couple of seasons in Seattle have been no different. 2022 was a pretty big bounce back for him. Uh, statistically speaking, if you look at the volume counting stats, they look pretty similar to what he did the year before, but he was able to get the batting average back up after he had had kind of cratered over the last couple of seasons. And we've seen that over his couple of years in Seattle batting averages in the two thirties. He went from 31 homers down to 22 this past season. It was the worst ISO that we have actually seen from him ever. Uh, if you're going back to, well, if not, if you know, I'm not counting his first a little cup of coffee in the big leagues in Detroit there in 2014. Outside of that, it is the worst ISO we've ever seen from Suarez, and it was only 22 homers, which was the fewest we've seen from him in a full season going back to 2016. So maybe the power is starting to go away a little bit as he gets older. 32 years old, he'll be 33 in the middle of next season. I think he's going to be the starting third baseman over there, and he'll be a fairly valuable fantasy asset. I don't think he's going to be somebody that is going to be pushed terribly high or low down boards because of this. Like I think he'll probably remain just about where he is going, just pulling that up now. And I went to look at the Seattle page. He's now on the Arizona page, of course. Uh, 286 is his ADP, and we're looking at 49 drafts now that have been completed every day. We got a couple more in the books. 286 is a fairly reasonable price uh, to get a regular third baseman, somebody that should be playing pretty much every day. Uh, we've seen that from Suarez, 162 this season, 150 last year, 145, and pretty much every season of his career. You're looking at somewhere in the 140s to the 150s kind of range. That's probably what you're going to see, assuming that he is healthy. He's a very, very strong defense of, uh, defensive asset, of course. So he's going to be playing as much as they can possibly put him in the uh, in the lineup there. 
Arizona's defense is looking really, really strong there, specifically on the infield with him and Walker on the corners. Uh, they're looking really, really, really nice. Offensively speaking, he is who he is. We know that 20 to 25 homers is probably what you can expect. In the 70-ish runs and RBI range, RBI will push probably higher than 70, probably 80 to 85. Uh, and you might be able to bank on a couple of steals. The early projections we have for him, 23 homers, 73 runs, 78 ribbies, two stolen bases, and a 231 batting average. I think at that point, it's a it's a very reasonable price to be paying for pretty solid production that you can bank on some pretty decent volume, I think, as well uh, from him. So let's move on. Let's talk about Kyle Gibson. Kyle Gibson going to the St. Louis Cardinals. I don't think there's that much here, really, uh, for fantasy purposes. Kyle Gibson is coming off of a pretty solid season uh, in Baltimore. I mean, I know it wasn't like world beater, but he did win 15 games for you. It was a 473 ERA, which is fairly reasonable if you're talking about 15 team leagues. I know he's not somebody... That's going to be flashy in a lot of formats to your 10s, your 12-team leagues. He wasn't somebody you're using very often. But you know what? In a 15-team league, if you're getting that kind of production, 473 ERA with all right strikeouts. I mean, I can't even really say they're that great, but like 20-ish percent. I mean, Christ, I can't even really talk myself into the strikeout part of it. But you got the wins. You got not a bad ERA. He was somewhat serviceable. St. Louis, I mean, you're going to go to a pretty solid defense behind him there. You also have to look at the fact that his underlying numbers for last season were a lot better than the actual production. 413 on the XFIP, 413 on the uh, FIP as well. And then if you look at the Sierra, you're talking about 440. So it's not terrible. I think there could be some interest there in deeper leagues for Kyle Gibson. Again, he is somebody you're talking about in 15-team leagues. You're in much deeper formats. You're not taking him in shallow leagues, but where he's going in deep drafts, draft champion kind of format, 579, I think that that's something that you could probably consider, and you're not really going to be worried too much at that point. You might get somebody who's starting 30-some-odd games. The wins are very random. He won 15 games on a good team. St. Louis, I think, is going to be a lot better than last year. I think we've talked about this a lot with St. Louis. He might be able to still get you 10 or 12 wins, and at that point of a draft champion's, I'd still be fairly interested in taking a chance on Kyle Gibson. Not somebody for your shallow leagues, but I'm definitely interested uh, if you're talking about those deeper formats. Let's talk about a couple of rumors that we have as well. And we'll talk about the most recent one uh, here that's kind of, well, I've heard it a couple times, but it was reinvigorated today by John Morosi. Uh, the Tigers' talks are intensifying with Kenta Maeda. Now, the Twins still have interest in bringing him back. There's also talk that some other teams may be interested around the league. But it looks like Kenta Maeda is probably going to be going to the Detroit Tigers. Now, I don't really think it's that big of a deal one way or the other. It's obviously a worse team context than where he'd be leaving, which is the only real big factor there. But Detroit is getting better, so I don't really have much of a concern there. Um, the ballpark in Detroit, for those of you who may be kind of salivating, thinking like, oh, it's still you know Comerica, which we've known as a fairly pitcher-friendly park. It's not as pitcher-friendly as it used to be. They brought in the walls before this past season. So you can't bank on maybe some of the home run troubles that you see with Maeda over the last, well, pretty much always necessarily going away because that might have been something that your brain would have gone to and correctly speaking for for the most part. But over the last year, uh, those park factors have changed. So it's not something that you can set in stone there that those homer problems would go away. And 1.47 homers per nine, I mean, that is definitely a problem. 17 homers and just over 100 innings is something he definitely needs to work on. I don't know if it'll be that much different in Detroit. 
I don't know that it'll really make one big difference one way or the other uh, where Kenta Maeda is pitching. I think we generally know who he is. He's at the end of his career now at age 35. We saw really good stretches from him last season, but the overall numbers were a 423 ERA. Not the greatest. Uh, the whip was 117, which is fine. 27% K rate was very good. I think that he might be somebody that will be devalued potentially if he does go there. Not to say that I'll be very interested in Kenta Maeda, but I could have some shares. I mean, again, we're kind of grasping at that point. He's an older guy. The, the team context will be getting worse, so I don't see myself being terribly, terribly interested in him. The price is pretty reasonable, though. At 267 he might be one of those guys, and we'll talk about this throughout the offseason, that could be like a last pick of your 12-teamers. That's where I'm kind of aiming with Kenta Maeda, maybe in that range, and he might just be somebody that becomes a streamer, somebody that you would be you know, using for two-start weeks if it's a good matchup, if he's playing against a bad team, whatever. Um, but I don't, I don't really know exactly what to make of it in Detroit yet. We still don't even know, actually, if it's for sure, so I shouldn't be talking about it as if it's true, but those talks are intensifying as of now. I'm going to say it's likely that he will sign with Detroit, but we still don't really know. We'll keep you updated on that front. I do want to touch on one more thing, and that's Noah Syndergaard. Noah Syndergaard, there's apparently interest from multiple teams, and there's not any note of what teams they are. And I maybe they're too ashamed to put it out publicly, but if teams are interested in Noah Syndergaard, they must be incredibly desperate because he's cooked, folks. I mean, we've seen it. We've seen him go through a couple of good pitching organizations, Cleveland and Los Angeles teams that you'd think would be able to rejuvenate him potentially if there's something going on there that they can fix. We saw him put up a 650 ERA last season, and the underlying numbers were not much better. 620 on the FIP, 652 on the XERA. The XFIP was a bit better. Sierra was a bit better. But overall, he was piss poor. And even if you look at the Sierras, over 5, the XFIP over 5, they're not good. The strikeout rate is 14%, which is just ridiculously low. There's no value in Noah Syndergaard. If he signs, it doesn't matter where he signs if he even ends up getting a contract because you got to remember he was released in August or so of last year. I think it was late July, early August. Yeah, it would have been August uh, after the trade deadline. And no one picked him up because there's not really any value in Noah Syndergaard. Um, so I, I don't see why any real teams would want him. People will talk about, oh, you can get depth, you can get whatever. He hasn't been healthy. He hasn't been productive when he's been out there. So I don't really know what you're going to expect out of him. 88 innings this last year, 134 the year prior, and it's been hit and miss uh, for the last several years before that. So I don't see much interest in Noah Syndergaard. But that'll do it. I know it's a very short show today. You guys can get caught up if you've missed over the last week. We've done first base reviews, long, hour-long shows, and we'll get back to that next week when we are talking outfield. We are going to start that on Monday, of course. The usual caveat that if Shohei Otani signs somewhere, then we talk about Shohei Otani. But other than that, we're pretty much set on outfield for Monday. If you got any questions about anything, reach out over at JoeRico99 and go check out Ethos Fantasy BB and SportsEthos.com as well. But that'll do it, everybody. Go check us out on socials and everywhere else. But until Monday, take care. Have a great weekend and cheers. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. 
And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.